going to the OEM and asking them for help is like going to the car salesman after you bought your car and asking him to teach you how to drive. All right. Hey, Pronouncers. Welcome back to the pod. Very exciting episode here. Um, this guy's really interesting. Warren Werbert from theprintwhisperer.com. Crazy ups and downs, but really draws a lot of experience here. I mean, scaling all the way up to 18, 19 million, uh, losing everything, helping shops not make the same mistakes. Um, he even covered uh, some oops orders that have come up recently, which I still find hilarious that you told yours. So fun episode story of the week or the month or the day, which one do you want? Uh, no, I Warren Werbit, the print whisper, like so much energy. Uh, this is like a really fun episode and we didn't agree on everything, uh, which was pretty cool. And, um, I think that there's a lot of parallels comes from more offset digital printing, um, but we're talking generational gaps. We're talking about hiring. We're talking about late night texts from employees texting you saying, I don't know if this is right for me. Um, overspent, you know, having a board oust you, uh, pretty wild episode. This is a fun one. So listen in. Uh, but before we get into it, Bruce, we got some sponsors. Yeah. Now really quick printhustlers.com November 4th, 5th, and 6th. Make sure you grab your tickets. It's going to be a really fun one. Um, use that code INC-20 and you can be able to save a bit off the ticket too. Nigel but Barker is speaking. That's Nigel pretty cool. Barker. Nigel Barker. If you're sitting next to your wife, just say the word Nigel Barker and she'll say, <laughs> yeah. you got to go to Print Hustlers. She, and then she you're said, gonna get, go. You're going to buy two tickets. <laughs> Right. So come to Print Hustlers. Bruce, sorry, I cut you off. What were you saying? No, no, it's just going to be fun. It's in California. It's beautiful, especially in the winter if you're in the Midwest or East Coast. So um, come on out. We're going to have a, a really good time. We've got a user summit. We've got a bunch of speakers. We've got dinner. We've got all the good stuff. So we'll see you there. Uh, real quick, we've got four incredible companies that are awesome partners for you as you're running your shop and are great supporters of the podcast. First up, Easy Way. You know you shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy Way's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. Campusing's favorite chemicals are... 842 and 701 that helps them clean up their dirty screens. But you know, if I don't know why I'm saying, you know, again, but this company, uh, they will help you with how to's best practices and questions. They work with a hundred plus distributors all over easy way. Check them out. Sweet. Bruce, do you need a solution to improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department? Um, if you go to 1900hotstuff.com, you're going to find Graphic Source. Graphic Source offers industry leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming a part of your team. They are the no brainer for your art department. Um, and if you're not already using them, um, you should stop what you're doing and figure out why, because they make your life so much easier. At Campus Inc., we use Graphic Source for all of our art. So SEPs, mockups, proofs, digitizing. 
Um, they're in Printavo with us, but then we also use them for back office work, right? So building online stores, sending out quotes, uh, whether it's customer service, working in Shopify, they really become a part of your team um, and they work on your business hours. They're directly in Slack with you. So hit them up. Uh, if you want to try Graphic Source out for the first time, mention the Printavo pod, you'll get 50% off your first vector, SEP, or embroidery order. Thanks so much, Graphic Source. We appreciate you. All right, multicraft underscore daddy. Go to their Instagram page. Then step two, hit message. And step three, say, hey, can I try out PMI tape or enter me in the contest? Basically, Dave at Multicraft Daddy is sending PMI tape out every single week to people who DM him. So do that. It's awesome. And why not? Check it out, especially if you haven't tried PMI tape. It's really good quality stuff. Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years have been providing the industry with top brands at competitive pricing. And mention the pod, you'll get 10% off your first order. Thanks, Multicraft. You have been heat pressing a lot lately. <laughs> That's right. We've been working a lot with Supercolor. Uh, helping out your wife. Um, and Supercolor is the world's best heat transfer. They are made for screen printers by screen printers. They understand the pressures and expectations of the screen printing industry. Um, and they truly are part of your team. I can't tell you how many times we've been in a pickle and Supercolor has has come through. They're super fast, they're super easy, and the experience is incredible. So whether you're printing t-shirts, caps, or bags, it's going to get cold and you're going to have some really high-end jackets like a North Face. You can use Supercolor on that. The most important part that you should know as you're ordering transfers is the consistency of Supercolor. When we order from Supercolor, it comes beautifully packaged and it's labeled with exactly what temperature and pressure to decorate at. So it takes away the question and makes your life so much easier in your shop. Um, experience them from, for yourself. Use promo code PRINTAVO15 and get 15% off your first order. Thanks so much, Supercolor. All right, let's jump in. Warren, it's great to meet you. Uh, cool, likewise. Um, yeah. I, lo- I love the dog in the background. That's a, that's a good, 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 good Zoom background. Actually, what happened was I needed to I needed to buy some um, and he's like material online just to see a sample. So I went on to uh, Easy Walls to buy a wall graphic. And when I uploaded the picture, it's my daughter's dog. Well, we share the dog, but it's her dog. And I uploaded the picture. When I got it, I didn't realize that I sized it all and blew it up like this. But uh, so I put it up in the background and just everybody comments. So in the end, who knew? But turned into a great thing. Yeah, that's funny. All right, Warren. So you're from, or I'm sorry, you started the printwhisperer.com. We got connected through JP Hunt of Inksoft. Uh, I hadn't heard about you from before. So this is really cool. Website is all about helping owners. Um, the, literally the headline is print owners and managers have a lot on their plate. And then I think everybody can uh, feel that. Uh, then underneath you've got, we help you operate profitably. We help your sales team thrive. We help you market and exceed customer expectations. So a lot of really cool things there. You've got a very interesting background too of running a, a very big shop. And uh, I'm I'm just trying to see where, where do we start? So even like, do we, do we dive into the consulting side or we start in the shop? How about side? I give you, how about I take a couple of minutes, literally, um, and just give you a quick, uh, where all the shit came from. All right, done. Then we'll dive into the shop. 
Then you can ask me whatever you want and dive into whatever area, any area that you want. So real quickly, before the print whisper, uh, I had a print company called Pizzazz Printing. Pizzazz Printing, I started in 92. Uh, you don't, won't believe how old I am, but I'm older. Had an afro when I started. Uh, what? And that, and that company survived 27 years until 2019, right before COVID. I ended up losing the company. Uh, at its peak, we were about 120 people, about 19 million in revenue. Uh, what happened? Truthfully, we lost a couple big customers and just didn't have the runway to survive to recoup new sales with the overhead that we had. And uh, that kind of became the end. Uh, in building Pizzazz, uh, I became a lover of print. Uh, you could check out my YouTube channel under Warren Werbit. Uh, if you check out the channel, I'll just tell you the first video that comes up is a video called Printing's Alive. And I did that video in 2007, probably the first video in print to actually go viral. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people had seen it. Too bad you couldn't make money on YouTube back then because I would have been an innovator <laughs> instead of just an early adopter. Uh, and that video, without knowing anything at the time, because I'm ranting, I'm swearing in it, I didn't think the world would see it. I thought friends and family. Maybe I wouldn't have sworn. But the industry took it over, and probably because the print industry is so old and everybody's stuck, sticky and edgy, and here comes someone who just blew it open, everybody embraced it. That was the beginning of Warren Werbit's brand, not knowing it at the time, right? I only learned this shit after, uh, that it was the beginning of the brand because I wasn't the printer, I was the video guy who was kind of like turning things up on his back or feeding or just screaming and doing whatever. Uh, and that's how that all came. While I was building pizzazz, I got involved in every area of print. I joined every association. I went to every peer group. Um, I didn't know anything when I started. The idea for me was meet as many people as you can, network like crazy, learn as much as you can, and try and avoid, try and avoid those expensive mistakes that you learn on your own as you're building your business, right? After I lost everything, uh, I'm sitting around and I'm thinking what to do, what to do, what to do. I'm thinking I got to be in print because it's what I know. I happen to love it. I'm passionate about it. Uh, how I got into it was everybody needs print. I thought everyone I ever meets a customer, right? Uh, and then when I was thinking after what to do, it came down to doing some consulting. I hate the word consulting. It just sounds cheesy to me. And then I was trying to come up with a name uh, to, you know, to, to be talking about the brand. And uh, I'm really into fishing, like maybe some would say fanatical. And uh, I'm watching The Fish Whisper on YouTube and I'm thinking, wow, what a great idea. So I go into a domain search, I type in The Print Whisper and it comes up 24 bucks on The Print Whisper. There it is. And, and then just kept building off that. And the idea with The Print Whisper is um, after 27 years of doing what I did, uh, learning from the ground up, uh, doing a lot of different things from uh, new equipment, new markets, new certifications, etc. Uh, cutting edge, always trying to lead. Uh, leading isn't always the best. It's very costly when you learn. Um, but I figured after, I really just want to help people in the print industry, other printers. I know the pains and I want to help them succeed. And I don't want them to use me if they're not, if they don't feel they're getting value because I don't want to waste my time or theirs. And that's pretty much it simply.
I like it. Wow. Can we talk about the losing everything? Yeah, you just kind of brushed over like, yeah, we lost yeah, everything. Like that's a big, I, I picture like the Hollywood, like, you know, you're trying to sell your car with everything in it. But like, what was that like? So I brush over it because it's not really something I harp on, but but it's important to say because it's not something ever uh, that one expects. Yeah. Uh, you also learn when you, and I'll go back to the losing everything, you also learn after um, what success really is, right? Because a lot of us, a lot of business people, entrepreneurs starting a business and everything, they measure success by the money you make or what you sell it for. But success is really more about what you learn and how you grow as a person and what you accomplish in a non-monetary way. The monetary way is an awesome like bonus, right? So losing everything is really you put 27 years of your soul into it. Uh, things get a little tough. Put whatever money you have back into it. Probably should have listened to a couple people. But as an entrepreneur, you are, you know, the eternal optimist. And then when uh, shit hit the fan, I was just locked up and tied into everything. And then you're, you know, you are responsible at the end. When you when your business closes, you don't just get to say ciao and walk away. Uh, so I uh, basically settled up, did whatever, whatever. Came out at the end on the short stick, but did what was, you know, what I thought at the time was the right thing to do. Thank you for, sh I don't think a lot of people can, sh like, that's a humbling experience and probably wasn't the best time for you to have to do that, right? Like your employees, your team, all that stuff. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, it's, yeah, you know what? I mean, it, the truth is I had a silent partner and then I brought in a guy as president and we got into trouble and we did the chapter 11, the US version of chapter 11 to reorg. Uh, I didn't know at the time they kind of had a plan to bang me out. So after they uh, they made an offer to the bank, after the offer was accepted for the assets, they turned around and said, if you have no money, you're out. Hmm. And that's how I left. Uh, they cut my email, 27 years. The only, I only like to be positive and uh, I don't, didn't, you know, was sad at the end for what happened, but I actually had some, I felt a little better after because when those two took the company to run with it and thought, you know, Warren was the problem, uh, after they spent a couple million bucks, they closed it down because they couldn't run it. Hmm. Right. So it wasn't only Warren's fault, although I'll take ownership for when I was at the helm, um, you know, the guys who thought that they could make a go of it, well, they lost more money. So Warren, I have a question. So I'm going through this right now. Our business is scaling, you know, uh, pretty rapidly. Uh, it'll cross like eight figures and it's doubling every year. And sometimes I feel like when am I no longer qualified to run this? Did you ever feel like that as you were growing like to $18 million? Like, How about this one? I sit here today and, I, and it's funny that you say that today. Uh, this morning I was out for like a five mile walk, which I try to do every morning when I wake up just to get the juices flowing and, and the body going, even though the bed is really comfy and I don't want to get out of it as the weather gets a little cooler. Um, but I was out this morning and, uh, you know, while I'm walking, listening to music and I'm just thinking to myself, oh, my God, uh, I'm doing this new thing, the print whisper. I'm also doing something called tactful, which you could ask me later with my partner uh, on digital embellishments and training. But I'm thinking, oh, my God, I, I don't know anything. I'm feel, I, I feel every other day that I'm almost not qualified. And then I reach out to some people that I, some mentors, uh, some people that I trust for, you know, just for general conversation. And they kind of put me back in place in that, Warren, you do know it. 
right? You just go, you got to go with it a little. You have to have a little bit of a belief, but that, but to me, that fear means um, you're always going to learn more. I guess my question right? is, would you have, you know, if, if you look back and, you know, say like, what would have changed this? Did you ever think to yourself, maybe if I put stronger leadership in place earlier, uh, we could have prevented this. And maybe that is not replacing yourself earlier or whatever, but like, is it a, I wish I had a CFO this much earlier. I wish I had a VP of sales or I wish I had a VP of production or I wish I, I had all that. Yeah. So you, even, even having that, you still, still, still can do that. Huh? Listen, you know what? Um, there's many facets in, in running and building a business, right? There's the, um, the, the hardest part is the people aspect, finding the right people, always have the right people, um, you know, trying to keep them entertained, trying to keep them engaged. Uh, people hit the Peter principle where they max out, right? As a business owner, one thing I learned is I loved all the people, but I learned not to make anybody any promises, no matter what they do for me, how good I feel about them, because you don't know where you're going to be in a year or two and if they're going to be able to work within. Right. I remember making a guy promise after he did a bunch of stuff for me for years, you'll have a job for life. Five years later, I'm sitting at the table discussing the Peter principle with him about how I can't offer any more because he's reached his max. Right. Um, but do I think back like that? You're always going to think that. You, you really always are going to think it. So I think it's important to have a, a good board around you. Actually, I'll tell you, uh, how old are you? I'm 31. Okay, so good. You got a long time to go. Uh, your business is hitting five figures. Uh, I would make a recommendation to you that you reach out to an organization called the Young Presidents Organization, YPO. To be a member of YPO, you have to have a certain amount of uh, revenue. You have to have a certain amount of employees. A great organization in the sense that you're meeting with other like-minded people, some big, big people because big, big businesses. But I, was, I wasn't a part of YPO, I was a member of EO, which was Entrepreneur Organization. Uh, and the best thing that came out of that was, aside from the monthly events and the cool shit you get to do, uh, you're paired with a group of, of other business people, eight to 10 people. They become your personal little board of directors. Because what goes on in those meetings stays in those meetings as confidential. Anybody talks outside the meeting, you're out of the group. There's like zero, zero tolerance. But with all the experience at the table, you get to put out your thoughts and get back some really good feedback, right? And, and for me, uh, you know, when I started, I always, I said, I always try to surround myself with people that are good and not be afraid to ask questions. In school, what do they always tell you? Uh, there's no bad questions, except I was sitting in the last row looking out the window, thinking about what I'm going to do when I get out of class instead of sitting and asking questions. Actually, we, both of us are in a group called Hampton, which is kind of like a YPO that I've heard, but it's very similar process. You got a, a mediator, about seven, eight people in the group and so on. Um, very, very cool. And there's a lot of maybe five other print shops in there now. On the, on the, so, you know, diving into the print whisper, uh, and all the consulting work that you're doing, you've got this incredible experience that you can pull from to give to other people to help avoid. Um, things and have a, a, a better experience running their shop. Can we like riff through some of those like common aspects that you see come up with some of your clients or things that you've pulled from, from your past? And maybe we'll just like pick three or so on and, and dive deeper into those. Mine that I feel like that I, 
everybody tends to get stuck in is just as a business owner, you're stage one of the business. You you started building it from being the guy, the doer, the person, you know, jumping in and always making it happen. Stage two of the business, that is not the way you scale. In fact, that's probably the way you more so strangle the business's potential. On that, it depends on who you are as the leader, president of the company, right? Some people are qualified and capable of doing, uh, of leading and knowing how to do things and make things happen. Other people are good at uh, hanging out, being a leader and gathering everyone and, and good times, but don't necessarily have the strength uh, or the know-how how to you know, get people to put things in place and make things happen. Some people are better managers of people. So you really want to try to identify uh, maybe where you are as the, as the founders and, or leaders or however, whatever you are within the company and, and see where your strengths are. So something that I did personally at my company, when I used to hire people, we used to do psychological and aptitude testing, but not the online test for, for a half an hour and it's a hundred bucks. For the real people, I was sending them to a person for the day and it was $1,800. Because those tests don't lie. And I do, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't do it myself, right? Because before you I said started- every single person there or this was- any, any Well, key. the receptionist, because she's the first person people talk to. The shipper, because that's where everybody calls to make sure everything's going out the door. And all my senior people. What test do you recommend? I, it was a person that I used and I don't know what test it is that he did. But when I went to his office, I sat down and uh, it was six and a half hours, breaks and lunch and whatever. And, you know, you're answering all these tests and they don't lie. Because if you think you're smart, you get another question somewhere else that checks you. Right. And at the end of it, just to give you an example, uh, we were able to sit down. He was able to tell me what kind of person I was, my characteristics, um, where my strengths were that I could read, but I can't write that I could see because there was visual parts to the test. Uh, you know, I didn't try to get the square in the circle. So that was a good thing. Um, it, it, it tells you all kinds of stuff. And what you get to do with that is you get to decide, is that person the right for me? And if they are right for me, uh, what's the best place for them? If what they're applying for is that, right? Um, I've had instance, instances where the person said to me, "They're going. these people start off like a rocket and then they burn down the road. And we'd hired a couple people knowing that because for specific project, and I kid you not, towards the end, they started to explode and implode and whatever it is that they that you suggested that they would. I have heard psychological. We actually did that too when we transitioned with PE firm and everything. Um, management took a psychological, like the, the online one. And then we could all see it. And I would say, and I we did an episode on this. It was pretty fascinating just in that it confronted the things I knew about myself, but have never really taken a minute to like look in the mirror about. And uh, it was cool. Like you're not direct. I don't know. <laughs> not direct. I mean, I wrote some of the stuff. I, I should pull it up again, but yeah, uh, there were some good points. Yeah, we, we did it. Um, actually, one of our investors made us, our entire team did it and wrote us a check only based on our results. Um, but so I'm right on, man. That's yeah. And so uh, those, those tools are powerful. Like there's disc assessment, which is like a pretty cool one. 
Um, there's some free ones out there. You might have to pay a little bit, uh, which is cool. But I guess like Warren, for you, you said something on your website that I thought was really interesting. You said a global shift in online engagement tactics have forced them, print shop owners, to learn new ways. Let's talk about this for a second, because like the the creator print economy is archaic. The the print world is archaic, and the internet is shaking it, kind of turning it over and, and rattling it. Shaking it. What do you see are the biggest mistakes that shop owners are making? Maybe maybe like baby boomer community and shop owners. I say this because so my business partner is twice my age. Uh, we look nothing alike, uh, different cultural backgrounds. He took me in. He's now sixty two years old, so literally twice my age. Um, I did have another business partner who exited the business because we just couldn't jive. And so that I happens. do think that, um, you know, uh, whether baby boomer, millennial, Gen Z, all this, like there's actually really cool businesses that are more from a combination of them. And and that's something like we're really proud of. What do you see are for shops that kind of started maybe in the 90s or the early 2000s? What are the biggest struggles that they're having today? So if we're talking, we're talking about the shops that are struggling because there's a whole slew of them that are thriving and doing well because they've adopted, um, for lack of better wording, they've adopted the technology as it's happened, as it's come along. It doesn't mean that they're all great with it. Uh, I'll tell you from my experience, the technology isn't for everyone. Like if we're talking about web to print or some of those things online, um, but the ones that are suffering are the ones who never really uh, uh, grasped a lot of the change that happened or took initiative to look into it to see what it is and try. They're the ones that really just stuck with the old way of doing things, right? Uh, some of them still do their estimating on an Excel sheet that they created as opposed to using uh, a software where then everything is recorded, you have it there, and you have history. There's right? a few good so ones we ones, know. The ones that are struggling are the, I would say, are the ones who were, for whatever their reason, didn't take a plunge going forward or didn't think things would change. And now a lot of them are afraid of the change. All right, real quick, I got to tell you something. This is really interesting, and here's why. We formed a company called Inktava. You may have heard of it, but it has three different brands right now Printavo. Inksoft and Graphics. So we're all sister companies now, a big happy family. What we're able to do is Printavo's managing your shop management and workflow organization. Inksoft can run your website and handle online stores at scale. So running multiple different stores for fundraisers, schools, um, company stores, and everything in between. And Graphics Flow is a brand new product to be able to help reduce all the back and forth with art. So it has a huge art library that you can put on your website so customers can see and pluck what they want. Plus, you can also be able to collect different ideas and send them to customers to approve as well. Really, really cool. Plus in-app editing. It's like Canva, but specifically for shops. All right, check it out. All those brands are on inktavo.com. That's inktavo.com. All right, thanks. Do you have an example like of a client you work with that you can say? Bruce, you want to hear something really funny? Hold on. I got one. Go ahead. Um... I got to bring Jed on the podcast, Warren, you'd love my business partner, Jed. Uh, I don't know when print changed from like camera enlargers to like the camera Ruby lift to like really the computer started coming out. I but... can't believe you just said Ruby lift. That's so funny. Oh yeah. Uh, we like still like 
our my business partner will, like show us how he used to cut I've lettering. I've had a tour in their basement. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, there's a there's a video on our YouTube of Jed teaching it, but um, basically he's like everyone was using camera enlargers and you know Ruby Lith and this thing where like Corel One or Corel Two came out or Adobe or whatever. And I went to St. Louis for the weekend and learned what Corel Two was, and everyone else that said I was like stupid and crazy, you know. Um, and to this day, he's like an amazing graphic designer and digitizer, and you know it. But they're the same exact age; they were the same exact people, and and today, like we laugh at it. But I don't know. So, I think I, so I'm laughing and smiling because a you said Ruby Lift. Uh, I'll tell you not long ago, I went to move a, a dresser in my house and behind the dresser, I guess I put it there for, for, to save it, were the original yellow masking sheets with the ruby lift of my original business card from 92 when we ran it on a small AB Dick 365 duplicator, which is obsolete. The one that shakes the, yeah. Everything Jed, shakes, right? Yeah, Jed, Jed had uh, one to show me. Powder shaker. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's funny. So, and then you mentioned um, the Corel. So in 92, when I was starting and we were, we had the little, the little shop and everything. Uh, there was a friend of the family. His name was Abe Gonshore. He worked for a company called McCutcheon Graphics, which eventually became a part of Fuji. And, uh, he's been in print a long time and he called me up and he said, come over and see me. And I went over to see him and we went for a walk around. And he basically said to me, if you're getting into print now, you need to jump on the Mac right now you need to start with desktop graphics and get away from the CompuShare and start to get into the actual publishing and, and doing so when i started the first thing i did was i bought a mac i mean i personally i hate macs i'm on a pc because i can't figure it out nor do i like my and i'm not an iphone guy but uh i followed his his steps and uh no joke i felt like when i started i had a running start because I was listening to what was happening. And then uh, that was 92-ish. And then 95 is when uh, I went to Drupa for the first time, world's largest print show at 26 years old and 400,000 square meters and 15 halls. And I, I get there and I walk in and I'm like freaking, the ground is shaking, the web presses are running. And that's when CTP came out, CTP's computer to plate, when you eliminated all the film processing, right? And it was years before the entire industry uh, adopted CTP. So I've always felt that I was always kind of doing and watching what was coming up. Some of the stuff in our industry is expensive to get into, right? So you maybe team up with others. But for anyone who's not looking at what's new, what's out there, uh, is to me, has always is and has always been making a mistake. You can't know everything. You have to be aware of what's going on. You have to be a little bit versed in it to be able to communicate and talk it. But the truth is not everything is for everyone. I just had a web to print experience where um, I don't really use web to print, right? Like, but I was ordering, I had to order something for uh, a friend, do them a favor. And I went on to one of the sites to order and I was stuck in web to print hell for four days my, my files were rejected. This was no good. This was no good. I call a person. I speak to them. I know what I'm doing. I know the specs inside out. Um, and I was just thinking, oh, my God, for someone who doesn't know print, this could be a rather daunting experience. It, it's 
it's crazy how much someone will spend on a press, but not spend on their technology. Just blows my mind. Or thinks that it's way too expensive. Yeah. I mean, having a really I nice website. I think it's just because you can't touch it or feel it for some reason. I think it's the something of the physicalness. You know what Elon Musk used to do early on? I'm listening to his autobi- not autobiography. They would put whatever their like yellow page thing was in a bigger metal box so that people thought it was worth more. <laughs> When they were giving tours. I mean, that might be something like it was only this big, but they put it in a bigger one. There might be something there. You should. You it's know. funny that you say people will spend on a press and then won't spend on technology. Um, first of all, if you go around to printers today and you go to websites, most of the printer websites don't show equipment on the website. There are those that still do. Why? Because the owner loves the equipment. Nobody else gives a shit. In the old days, people would ask me for my customer list. They want to make sure I have two 40-inch presses. They want to make sure I have this. Not that they know anything about them. Today, nobody asks you what you have. Nobody cares. Uh, in, the old <laughs> days, people, in the old days, people would spec paper by brand. Now they just want a 10-point a, a cover. Just make sure that it's white and gloss, right? Because of cost, people are now going away from, say, some of the paper brands. Although I will say Sappy Paper is still the best brand. Um, um, but you, you, people, so if I talk about what I'm doing, another thing I'm doing today and I'll touch on it cause it's really cool. Uh, I have a, a, a partnership with, um, my partner, Kevin, that's a partnership <laughs> in a company called Tactiful. I'll just hold this up for a minute. And Tactiful Consulting and Training is we're working with companies that are buying embellishment equipment, like the Skodex, the MGI that does raised UV foils, right? Digitally. We're working with companies that um, uh, are buying digital CMYK presses plus, so like the Iridesc, the iGen 5, the Ricoh 9752, 9700, 9200, can't remember all the names. Um, and we're working with them because that's the latest equipment that's coming out, but this is what printers are doing or not doing. A lot of them are buying the equipment with the extra colors and they're not utilizing them. Right? They're not using them. They don't know how to use them. Uh, they don't know how to price them properly. They're going to the OEMs and uh, asking for help. But it's wrong because going to the OEM and asking them for help is like going to the car salesman after you bought your car and asking him to teach you how to drive. His job's to sell you the car. Their job's not to train you. Right? And we came out with this program. Um, and I'll back, I'll back step a minute. In, in 2015, I bought the first iGen 5 in the world with three embellishment colors, oversized sheet size, and um, a 24 point capacity, right? And when we did it, I mean, this is, I'm gonna just show you quickly, because this is what I believe you have to do. Um, when we got it, it was the first in the world. It was crazy. Uh, Xerox didn't even know what they could do with it. They were just pushing it. I like being an early adopter. Wanted it. I really wanted it because I was using it as the marketing side for the company because I got Xerox to write a worldwide press release that we were the first. So uh, I was big into marketing and pushing stuff like that. But when we when we got it, and I tell everybody, my my thing is when you go see customers, you got to show them what you could do. You got to show them the size. You can't have a big sheet and make give them an eight and a half, eleven brochure, right? Uh, in the world of print, you got to be creative. You have to be able to touch. You have to be able to feel. 
because that that's tactile. That's what it is. So I came up with this idea. My brother's a designer. He worked with me to make the book the full size of the digital sheet. Right. Because we're going to a lot of designers and a lot of creative people. And I wanted them to see the size. I wanted them to see what you could do. So real quickly, every page in this book is a different type of paper. So we touch on everything. I'll just do this quick. So our little story, 100 brothers and sisters working together. They wanted to show the quality. You could see the detail in the face, the hair, um, the finishing, just using all of the different applications, right? The color, I mean, here actually for the uh, MGI machine, you could see the steel looks as if and sounds like a gumball machine. So everything's touchy and feely. Right. If you go to color, I'll just show you one more page. My favorite page. If you want to talk about color, what's the best place in any market in the world you go to? The spice section. Just look, look at the colors. So we utilize this machine and we showed everything you could do on it and we put it out there. And that was to get, let people know. And then we got phone calls. People are like, whoa. So what we're trying with the new company is to show people right away what to do to give them a running start. And some people are signing up and some people are not, but like you said, they spend money on the machine and you won't spend five grand to give your team a running start when you just spend 250 grand. That's, that's the weak side of the print industry. Yeah. I think we, uh, one of our good friends and in industry coaches, uh, coaches in sales. And he's like, we're so, you guys are so fortunate that you have so much inbound sales. Like y'all don't know how to sell and go out there. Um, Jared from AK, AKT makes a really sick book that he sends out to his customers. I, I don't know, Bruce, it. if you've seen it. It's on my uh, uh, TV stand. It, but like something that the... obnoxious, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it's obnoxious. Uh, and, you know, thank you for showing it to us. And we're glad you have pants on. Uh, is, Always. <laughs> is, I learned this in COVID. You got to have yeah, your pants Yeah, you got to wear pants. <laughs> uh, don't ask Bruce to stand up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, when you do that, they're going to take that and it's going to, take up space in their room and they're going to see it every day and they are going it's a billboard that you literally planted in their office you can see akt's book if you just search akt enterprise book it'll pop up it'll you, there's a little video of the page it is beautiful like so beautiful that it's a coffee table book style quality like you're doing and, and, and you know what you said the stuff stays around so when we did that book i sent one to the CEO of Xerox at the time, Jeff Jacobson, okay? I get an email back from him saying, wow, thank you, and a picture of the book sitting on the desk in his office between all the chairs where people meet. That's pretty rad. What more could I ask for? And here I sent it to the CEO of a guy, 10,000 employees, whatever, whatever, but he had a few minutes, you know, it says what kind of guy he is, but he had a few minutes to reach out to me and say, thanks, appreciate it. Wow. That also taught me, that anybody that doesn't get back to you is showing you no respect because here's the busiest guy in the world. And what does he know? What am I? I think it's just, I think what also it shows is that extra nth quality is something that the baseline is nowhere near. So you put that extra 5% in and you stand out like you're a seven foot tall dude in a sea of, you know, five tens. Uh, my apologies. They can't say no to you or they can't, exactly. they can't, they can't ignore you, right? Be so like, be so out there that they can't ignore you. Not in an annoying way. It um, makes someone say, wow. 
Yeah, you bring a holy shit factor. Warren, all right, you talked about some of the older shops that have transitioned and adopting technology and the ones, and, and we see it all the time. We see it at, at trade shows where, you know, shops that might have a, a parent child like handing over the business and they're like, wow, like I adopted Printavo or I adopted Inksa, and, it, and now it's changed me and I look at the industry a lot different. So we're seeing that. What about the up and coming shops that think they're God's gift to earth that are growing really quickly, right? Um, maybe myself, like what, what do you see us doing well? What do you see us messing up? Oh, well, Hey, I don't know what's going on on the inside of your shop, but um, if the company, first of all, if the company is running and it's profitable, it is doing something right, right? Because really, we all need the profit to uh, keep moving forward, to keep investing in our people, to keep investing in our technology. Um, what are people not doing right? It, it doesn't have to be a new company or an old company. Right. It's how the leadership runs. Do they have the involvement of the people? Do they engage the people? Um, is it run? Is it run like a dictatorship? Is it run where everybody has a say and everyone has a voice? Um, when, I, when I had my company, um, the, the, I had an amazing culture. I mean, fortunately, back then, everybody partied, so it wasn't that hard. Um, but we had an amazing culture. And when you have a good culture and you have good relations and you're, you're good with the people and you're honest and you try, right? It makes the feeling better. When you don't have that, it, it feels like everything else is a little bit more like pulling teeth if everybody's not on the same page. So I think it's really important today for everyone to be on the same page, have members of the team, hopefully all the team, but that's not always possible. The more people you have to be on the same page and you have to empower people, right? The, the companies that aren't empowering people, aren't educating them. Uh, I was always a believer in cross training. Something's a little quiet, uh, not setting the person home. There's only so many walls to paint, but I don't care if the guy's earning 30 bucks an hour or girl and we're slow in folding and they go help the folder, right? It's, it's a team environment. So if you don't have a team environment and you're not leading culturally well, anything could happen, good or bad. I saw this interesting post uh, yesterday that was one of the struggles of owners is to let, like set the bar and the expectation and just let them accomplish it. And it may take them a little bit of a journey, but to let them be able to get there versus kind of build out the road fully for them to get there and say, Hey, I want you to take this path. And I can sympathize with, with that because it is very difficult, but he's right. He's like, he basically, he was saying most people, especially the ones that you hire, you hire them for a reason, A, but also you will be surprised in what they can accomplish when they're allowed to sort of fail around, but they know the North Star to get to. And I thought that was, I thought that was powerful. We would have things and things would happen and we would have mistakes, right? And sometimes they were small and sometimes it could have been ten or twenty or thirty thousand dollars. I always wanted to try and live my life in that money wasn't gonna be the ruler, where it would make me crazy and jump make me jump off the deep end. And I didn't want to base everything on money. But when people would make mistakes and um, you know, they would come around and we'd sit down, first thing I'd say is like if you learn from the mistake and you don't make that mistake again, then that was a learning experience. 
Because all of us in business at any level, in any company, wherever we are, we didn't all get there without making mistakes. So, you know, not to, uh, you got you to gotta work with the people working for you who maybe make those mistakes if they make them, but you have to give people the room to go and to grow and to try. Do you, do you guys want to hear the the really bad mistake our shop made in the last week? A uh, hundred really nice dry fit polos for a conference that has Roman numerals. Every year, the Roman numerals on the conference change. I hope you know where this is going. Uh, we send them out to a contract embroiderer and uh, my business partner, and we kind of you know our team looks at it and we send them the digitized file without realizing that it's a new logo. And so 100 polos sewn with the wrong Roman numeral get sent to the conference. They get a call, tell us that they're last year's uh, Roman numeral. So polo number one out the door, first contract decorator. We have to call and say, yeah, we goofed. We're sorry. Can you run them again? Ship them a new set of polos. Send a new digit. They digitize it this time because we're like, we'll let you do it. They run a, they run a sew out. They send us a picture of it. They accidentally switched their files and sewed the wrong one uh, uh, that we sent them the first time. So second order uh, messed up. Um, wait, wait, wait. did then, you catch uh, it on the sew out on the second one or did they run the full? No, no, no. no. They sent us the correct sew out. And when right. their sewer went to oh sew, they used the first file on accident. Oh my gosh. Uh, and when that happens, now the contract decorator has to replace these really expensive polos. So anyways, we paid several thousand dollars for the right to sew these polos. And, you know, we just tricked ourselves three different times. And, you know, I, I couldn't be mad at our contract decorator because I was like, we literally just did the exact same thing. Um, and I was just like, did the customer this, get the second set of polos too? We caught it before it shipped out because okay. I like, I, yeah. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> So you you want a worse one? I mean, so that would cost you three, four, five, six grand, right? For shirts and whatever. Sure. And everybody, Warren's everybody, gonna one up. Here we go. Oh, I'm gonna, all I'm right, gonna one up us, Warren. I'm gonna ten up you. All right, so here, we go. All, here we go. Brace first yourself. Of all, I say, I say, I always refer to those jobs as cursed jobs. So do we. No matter what you do, you are going to be screwed, right? It'll never work. That job. So I had some. I had. Two quick stories. One, I had a similar situation with a small job that was like that. And I called up the owner and he's laughing at this point with me, right? And I say to him, Jack, do me a favor. Could you just give this to somebody else? And he looks, he says to me and he's laughing. He goes, you're going to keep doing this till you get it right. <laughs> right? So we laughed and I went back, we got it right. But we were doing a job. So I've seen jobs where we've done annual reports where the CEO didn't sign the inside letter and it passed through everybody, including the agency, and we're going to print. That's not good, right? Our own problem is we're doing a book. I don't know, whatever. It's 56 page book, spiral bound, 24 point cover, laminated, embossed, UV, you name it, all circles on the cover. Customer makes a change. We go and make a change. No one catches it. The job gets done. It gets assembled. And I mean, big assembly. And all of a sudden, it gets to the customer. First, I say to the customer, it's on the way. I'm so proud of it. It looks so good. He calls up. When he gets it, he says, buddy, we got a problem. My heart already is like in my stomach. What's the problem? The circle near our logo is half cut off. Redo. Not redo cover. Redo whole book because you can't just redo the cover. So the bigger jobs you do... The more you do of them, 
the bigger the play. Couldn't get like right? a circle sticker and then... <laughs> no, because it was a printed UV embossed yeah. circle. No, yeah, the bigger, the bigger, the bigger jobs you get, the bigger the mistakes get. The mistakes will not go away. Um, there's always that call when you deliver an order and you get that phone call. I know exactly what that feeling is. The oh shit moment. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Now when I great. deliver something or always when I would deliver something and the phone would ring and I'd look at it and I'd see it's the customer. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to figure out what to do. Like, okay, am I taking the call? Am I going to call him back? What do I, 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 right? Okay. You know what? I'm going to not take the call. I'm going to call him back in 10 minutes. I just want to prepare myself for, I don't know what it's just a, right. You psych yourself out. Anyways, I pick up the phone. It rings. They say, hello. I'm like, hi. Like my voice changes and they're like, man, I just want to tell you awesome job. Thanks. And I'm like, really great. I love you. <laughs> but my head's in the gutter because most people aren't calling to say they love you and thanks for the work. I've got the better trick. I'm going to one up you, Warren. If you want right, to get off a phone call with someone, if you want to get off a phone call with someone, you just turn your phone into airplane mode and it says call failed. The worst <laughs> time though for you is in between the I'll call you back and calling them back because the brain and the stomach are just turning. And nine out of 10 times when you do call back, it's a thank you. Not a complaint. Okay, what's worse? We're going to play a little game. A or B? A is Steven's uh, double polo mishap. B, <laughs> your, you know, really good employee crushes it. A player texts you on a Sunday night and says, hey, do you have two minutes to talk? And you know exactly what's about to happen. They're about to put in their two weeks. A or B? Warren, what's you go worse? first. Yeah. What's worse when you get a text that says oh, yeah. from an employee you know that he knows about to quit the, hey, can we talk? Yeah. Random or, time. Or messing up a job. All right. Messing up a job. You think that's worse? Steven? Yeah, because everybody's replaceable. And my experience is that as much as as much angst as you have with somebody who you think is great, somebody better always comes along. So maybe after having that happen to me 10 times that I slowly warm up to thinking that way. Right. Um, but it's like when people used to, I always had open door policy and I remember, oh, I'm going to give you a great story. What? A player, yeah. a player, a not player. C player. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they don't want to be there, they don't want to be there. Okay. All right. That's fair. Bruce, you disagree. Steven, is that you who are, you're picking? Bruce, you, I can hear it in your voice that you disagree. So you go for it. What would well, you I do? Don't have, I don't have the like, it, well, I mean, back when we were printing in the little shop, I definitely messed up this one sorority order, and I remember it to this day. The sizing was all wrong, and I kind of knew it going out. But yeah, yeah, it was maybe a hundred shirts or something. But they were just like, I was like, I can't reprint these. <laughs> I just can't, and that was it. <laughs> but is that the way you pick A or B? Fair. I think the if you have an A player, we don't have a lot of turnover and a lot of attrition. Like we we really retain really really good people uh, and, business um i've been for a decade for for about 10 years um i've had to let go of more people than have left right um and uh for us if i have a really solid team player and i get that message i'm not I'm a little sad because they could be finding the next best thing in their career. And so like a really great employee of ours got picked off by Nike. 
can't do any, to go. You know, can't do any, can't say no to like, hey, I'm so proud of you, right? But getting that message is like, damn, I put so much into them. And in two weeks, I got to do it all over again. I think I would rather mess up an order than have to do that with a, with an a, a player. You know what? First of all, the good people don't call you and send you an email like that at night. So that ain't an A player to the, start. The millennials with. do. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not A players yet then. They're just still learning, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I tell all my employees, you will not retire here, nor will I. And there will be a day where you're ready to go on to your next move and when that day is there, I want to be there for you to help and support you. You know, um, you, you can't I, do I'm much sorry, more than I've that. I've never said anything to anyone um, who's had an opportunity because uh, you can't. So I, I remember I, I always had an open door policy and uh, someone would come knock on my door and say, hey, can we chat? And I'd say, sure, come in. I go, you want to raise or are you quitting? And they go, why do you do that? I go, because I got to get one up on you. Right. And if it's the raise, easy conversation. Uh, if they're quitting, it's always why. Want to know why? What are you doing? Uh, I've had one person who, uh, you know, great story. I hired this guy, um, came in knowing nothing, was with us for seven years. Five times he tried to leave. I kind of talked him out of it because of really what he was telling me he was going to do. I didn't think was great. The seventh time when he came to me with this opportunity, I'm like, dude, I said, fuck, you got to take it. I go, my problem is I'm stuck here. I can't take those opportunities and I can't get you up to earn double the money. And uh, he called me later on and, you know, just to follow up and we're friends, just say, thank you. He says, if it wasn't for you hiring me, keeping me, keeping me, and then letting me go when I wanted to go, he goes, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm taking a lot of those experiences and thinking to myself, oh my God, I changed a person's life. So I've adopted as I've gone different ways and then I have less fear if someone leaves, but I always look at it this way. If someone's leaving at whatever level they are, um, there's a reason they made the decision. I don't want to entice them by offering them more money because in a year I'm going to have that problem again. Yeah. I don't like chasing Bruce. We've, I've tried to chase. I mean, I can't lie. Like, you know, if someone's like a really big value add, uh, I think you look at the, I don't think I never did that. I don't want you to, uh, no, but, but I think when someone is a really great value add and team player and they do that, whether it's for personal career progression and all that, there is a mental stress that you have to take on to say, I have to start from scratch. And that is so taxing. Um, that is so taxing. Um, that's why, you know, uh, the two, the more you do it, it becomes a little less taxing. Right. Um, I think it's just getting, I think it's just building a recruiting uh engine that's separate that than us as the owner that's where i think and that requires scale like that requires somebody actually doing phone screens and stuff all the time and then the manager hiring them and so on but it's you hire an outside hr person i mean i i i never had internal hr i always had an outsource person uh because it was easier i certainly didn't want to be the one to uh if i was interviewing someone i would send them to him first and if they made it through him, then I would do the interview. The problem is with me interviewing people, I'm looking for someone. I want someone. I'm I'm not hearing everything. Yeah, that's true. We actually work with someone. Issue. If you guys need someone, bhrspartners.com. Um, she was super helpful, Wendy, to, Wendy. to help us do Thank that. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I, I, like I said earlier, I was a believer in you. You find the people that are experts 
even if they're on the outside, what they do, it's still less expensive to hire them, pay them, use them. Although sometimes we as owners don't want to write certain checks. Um, but those checks, you know, um, it just, it, it pays, it pays at the end. Warren, uh, how do people get in touch with you if they want to work with you at the Print Whisper? Um, they could go to theprintwhisper.com. They could go to LinkedIn and look up the Print Whisper. They could look up Warren Werbit. Uh, you could type in Warren Werbit in Google and whatever comes up, you'll know all about me. Uh, but you could find a way to any link. My phone number's everywhere. My email's everywhere. The website's everywhere. And my phone's on all the time. Instagram, you could find me. Facebook, you could find. Instagram's all my fishing pictures and stuff. I see. It looks awesome. You'll have to go. By the way, uh, if anyone's listening and you want to hire me, if you fish, you have a better chance of hiring me because I like to go work near water so I could check out the local water and what's uh, what's running. Will you do coaching on a boat? I'll coach anywhere anybody wants. um, Actually, what I do say is on three-day engagements... It's about spending a couple days at the beginning in the office with the CEO owner, meeting all the people. And I will say to him or her, if they fish, hey, third day, let's get on the boat. Let's fish because we're going to have better conversations on that boat without anything around us and get and go deeper than we do in the office. Uh, Warren, do, we should we should Bruce, we should go up to Canada and walleye fish with Warren or something like that. Uh, Bruce is really scared of how fish feel. So when he goes fishing, he brings a glove. He has a fish glove. So we need to maybe get him past it's, this. It's, fear a, of, it's like a professional thing, though. It's like a, do we, yeah. want it? we don't want to know why you have that thing with the glove. eh? Uh, on that note um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, no that's super cool I think that's really really rad and and uh, I hope uh, do you ever Warren I know you're more in the in the like offset like paper kind of that side we're obviously more on the apparel side do you do you go to like trade shows printing united or like I've gone to all sorry I've gone to all the trade shows since 92 um, and I tell everyone you need to go to the trade shows it's not about buying, it's about seeing, it's about knowing, it's about being seen, and it's about meeting people and talking because your experiences and what you see and hear, all you got to do is walk back to the shop with one idea of something you've learned to implement and it was a success. But if you don't go, it can't be a success. So will you be at any of them yes. this fall? Which one so that people can I'm look out for United. you? Sweet. That's a big yeah. one, especially for your, your side of things too. Well, the Pretty United is uh, a lot of offset, but it's a lot of digital. It's a lot of promo, mm-hmm. right? It's more promo, I think, but it's a good one. I'll be at Drupa in um, June in uh, Dusseldorf. Huh. That's pretty um, cool. You should go. I, I do. The thing about being a business owner is you get to take a few trips for business, right? And, um, you know, whatever other, the, the Print UV show is good. Any show that comes up that works where I have some clients, I'm uh, good to go to. Sweet. Well, uh, we'll have to see you at one because uh, oh, this is will. cool. This is awesome. Warren, yeah, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Make sure you search Warren Werbit or the Print uh, Whisper on Google and you'll pull up his viral video. It's actually pretty funny. Um, so you can watch that and be able to reach out to Warren. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you, guys. We'll see you on the next Printable Print Us podcast. Signing off.
Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications if you enjoyed this video. If you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job. To subscribe, hit the bell for notifications and hit the like button. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.